You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, we know you are out there listening and thank you as always for tuning in. We have to say and stress this again. Please, please, please leave us a review. We know 90% of our listeners listen to this on the Apple Podcast app. So please, please leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and it helps us be able to bring this podcast to your ears. And it's 100% free and won't take more than 20 seconds of your time. Please support the show by leaving us a review and help us grow this podcast. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Harris. And Chantel. We have a very exciting guest with us here today. I'm going to let her introduce herself because she does such a good job at it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right. I I think I've got it down to my 20-second elevator pitch. (laughs) My name is Nicole Hodges. I'm the founder of Girls Who Say Fuck, a company I started a couple of years ago that's based on the philosophy of living a fuck yes lifestyle. There's two projects that I'm working on underneath Girls Who Say Fuck, which is Men Who Take Baths put 15 men in bubble baths and I interview them about masculinity and what that means for feminism and an orgasm book that's fully illustrated and in Dr. Seuss style verse called, Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, Oh, which is all about the power of female orgasms and how well fucked women change the world. Wow. Sorry, Nicole. I forgot to tell you, we actually don't allow swearing on this podcast. (laughs) Well, that is (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping that out. <laughs> I actually counted like five. Oh really? Oh no. I'm just joking. I'm so you can you can swear it all you want. Okay, good, because we're in deep now. You might be in competition with Bianca. She's <laughs> like the hot queen. Okay, first I just wanna say something before we get into this. Um, mom, I know you listen to every podcast, but don't listen to this one. Just hang up. <laughs> conversation is not for you (laughs) yes I'm not sending this to my dad he can be proud of a lot of things that I do but this one I'll keep to myself (laughs) actually he's a big supporter of of anything that I do and I do talk to him about everything he knows about the orgasm book and really yeah and you know the funniest thing is um I I my grandmother sent me an email the other day asking what I've been up to and and I'm I'm just honest because why would I be ashamed of anything that I'm doing I shouldn't be doing it if I am and I said to her I'm writing a book about female orgasms and my grandmother is a stoic German woman and she emails me back and says Nicole I'm going to tell you something not as grandma granddaughter but as adult to adult I never had an orgasm in my entire life <gasps> she's 74 years old. wow Yes. And, and, you know, holy shit. And I, I'm like, I'm so excited that this is happening. But the other part of me is like an orgasm whisper where like all of my family members are going to start telling me weird shit about their sex lives. Like, oh gosh. Oh my. So what was your reaction to her telling you this? Uh, Mark is unread, not ready to deal with this right now. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I understand how that could be really awkward, but I think that's so cool because you've created this thing that's going to, exactly what you said, it's going to allow people to be more comfortable to talk to you about it. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, think, I think it is going to be interesting. And uh, I think it's just a matter of, I don't need to, you know, have all the answers and everyone's different, but if people feel comfortable talking to me about these things, like, you know, Chantel and I, before this podcast, we just had a pretty long conversation about how orgasms have changed the way that we move through the world. I think that that's 
in general, just a conversation that I'm really interested in having and whether it's with my own grandmother or someone else's, like it's kind of a cool new realm that I'm, that I'm walking into now that this is something that I'm, I'm talking. I thought you were going to say, just before the Chantel, Chantel and I just had an orgasm, I was like, oh, that's great. Real <laughs> <laughs> orgasm sessions. I mean, I'm not taking it off the table. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start there. So what, what inclined you to start, like, to create this book? This Why, why, why? Why, why? <laughs> the... The whole book or the idea for the book, it, it didn't start because of an orgasm. It actually started from this uh, disconnection that I was feeling to a deeper part of myself. And I kind of exploring, like, why is that? And after changing my whole life in one fell swoop, essentially, where I, you know, quit my career and I ended my relationship, um, and I went familiar. on this, yeah, and I, and I went on this, this personal journey, um, and then I started having uh, more intimacy in my life, that intimacy translated into creativity. And I remember I was, I was with this partner and, uh, the sex was so transformative that I kind of felt like I had an out of body experience. And, you know, I would equate it to the same feeling that I had, you know, while experimenting with mushrooms where I felt this great at oneness with all things. And when I kind of floated back down to my body, I felt like I had a deeper understanding of myself and the world around me. And then the way that I moved through the world after an experience like that, I kept thinking to myself, like, my God, it feels like we have the entire universe within us, but we don't know how to tap into that. And, and what power would I be able to instill within myself and, and, and others if I could properly articulate in a way that was fun, but also informative, um, how truly powerful orgasms are because it's connecting you to your creativity again. And the whole world changed for me. And I felt inspired to, to kind of pass that on. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. It, you know, obviously it's a confluence of factors and a sequence of events that lead to any substantial change. And this project has been about, you know, two years in the making. But I kind of asked, you know, what are the things that we wish we had learned in sex ed? And what are the things that are being denied to us because you know, there's been these kind of, uh, I don't know, an insidious nature around a woman harnessing her sexuality. It's, it's kind of been used against us or uh, we've been misled to believe things like the more men that you sleep with, the looser you get, or, um, you know, not necessarily being taught to ask for what we want. And in order to ask for what we want, we need to even know what we want. But, you know, things like female masturbation is not necessarily that's addressed uh, when you're younger, it's all about abstinence and not getting pregnant and what periods are very rarely do we ever talk about pleasure for the sake of talking about pleasure. Um, because, you know, as Chantal and I were kind of talking about before this, this whole idea that well-fucked women change the world. It's when you understand the power of your pussy to bring you abundance, that's threatening to any system that wants to oppress a woman's understanding of her true power and her true nature. Okay, so let's talk about that. What do you mean by um, the abundance piece? I mean that there's this fantastic book that I read by Naomi Wolf called Vagina, and in it she I talks about that book. yeah that book is incredible. We should actually put that on our book list, Bianca. So okay, that's our book pick of the week. Yeah, Vagina was a book that 
I kind of read on this journey that helps push things into perspective for me. And she talks a lot about the intersection of um, sexuality and creativity. And one of the things I found really interesting that she talks about, and Chantel, you could probably talk about this too with your practice in Kundalini, is that women are the receivers of this male energy. And when you understand how to circulate that energy, the energy of an orgasm within you, um, it kind of changes your it changes your body chemistry in the way that you actually have more testosterone. So your testosterone spikes. And when, when a woman's testosterone spikes, she becomes more assertive, more self-assured, and more confident. And I've started practicing when I orgasm to actually take energy and move it through me, not necessarily just release it. Mm. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I like during this practice, my my partner we we orgasmed together and he came inside of me and i was walking down the street and i noticed that like my posture was different and the way people addressed me was different and i felt like that whole idea of the universe kind of becoming this like laying out this red carpet for you to get to where you want to go it it felt like i was noticing the world shift around me and the way that i moved that day was fundamentally different because my partner and I were experiencing what I believe a, a true orgasm is, which is a deeper understanding of yourself and this journey that you kind of take together. Wow. Okay. So I just love, I love the language that you use around this, um, like talking about energy, and, uh, you know, the, the bringing in and, and moving the energy to different places and yeah like I mentioned earlier this is very tied into some of the beliefs around kundalini and um we were talking like Bianca you know this and in one very common practice in kundalini is to inhale deeply bring the the air right to the bottom of the belly and then tighten and lift the pelvic floor and move the energy in a way that it slowly rises up the spine, bypassing the heart, clearing the throat up into the third eye, and like connecting to the subtle feelings of that energy as it expands through your body. And I think it's so interesting that you're talking about that um, while you are, after you create the energy from the orgasm, because that all it is, is energy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And even if you think, like take the word Tantra, so Tantra is such a misunderstood word in the West. Like we hear Tantra and we think of like Kama Sutra, like sex, but Tantra means energy expansion. But I just think it's so cool, the language that you use and just going back into like, this is an experience and this is an experience with energy and tuning into deep, subtle awareness. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's like a practice of like tuning inwards, mm -hmm. connecting to the divine in me through the divine in someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of this idea of like an orgasmic lifestyle. And you know, I'm an expert of my own experiences and, and a lot of what I create in the world are things that I wish already existed. You know, a lot of the things that I'm experiencing and experimenting with are things that actually have ancient roots or deeper wisdoms that I'm learning about through my own experiences and then realizing that there's actually science to back it up yeah. or um, there's old rituals to back it up or, you know, some of the things that you're talking about. It's just kind of cool that I'm discovering things 
through my own experiences that are already there to then be like, Hey, you're, you know, you're on the right path. You're onto something. Yeah. Um, and then being able to translate that, that in my own way, when Dr. Susie, that way of talking about the importance of orgasms. I love how you bring that, like that element. So if you guys didn't catch that before, her book about orga- orgasms is, <laughs> format is like Dr. Seuss. Um, and I like that because it, it, it creates like, there's a playful around that. Mm-hmm. And there's like, like reducing it to like an elementary understanding mm-hmm. that feels important too. Because like you said, like a lot of this stuff is like basic you know, information that we didn't learn in sex ed mm-hmm. that is so incredibly important. And Bianca and I talk a lot about healing and trauma on this podcast. And um, and every minute of the day. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of like the healing from trauma, there's this, there is this um, aspect of it that is very like somatic, mm-hmm. tuning into the body. And I feel like this is just another you know, another way of doing that, of mm-hmm. connecting to capital S self, mm-hmm. connecting to like the human, our human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like that whole idea of once you know, you can't unknow. You yeah. Know, once you see yeah. something, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And I think humor is an entertainment, uh, is a fantastic vessel to deliver messages that might be complicated or intimidating. And yeah. So when this idea for this book came to me, it was kind of, again, finding that cross-section of entertainment and education that would appeal to people of all different ages or stages of their sexual journey. And I never wanted to write something that was clinical in any way because there are experts out there who can talk about those things. I wanted to create something that was fun and approachable and in rhyme form. So it was easy to memorize and it was easy to talk about. Yeah. And again, has that Dr. Seussian approach, which is more philosophical than anything where there's no, there's no protagonist or antagonist. You know, there's, you know, there, I guess there's multiple in the book. <laughs> um, it's, it's more just like a rambling tale where everything could come across as some sort of double entendre or people, reading it will draw from it what they need and leave yeah. behind anything that they don't. And that's why I love philosophy because it's yeah. so open to interpretation. There's no right or wrong. And I'm not telling anybody that one way to, you know, go along on the sexual journey is, is wrong or one way, right. Like the journey is the reason to go. Yes. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I mean, Chantel, you know this about me. Humor is really important to me. Like I, because uh, I do spend a lot of my life and my projects thinking about these serious things that can be so traumatic. I really try to make it a point to like always keep it fun and light too, because life is funny and we do take shit way too seriously. And like, you know, you do have to learn how to like laugh at it and just not make it to like a melodrama every day. You know, I think that's really important because then it can just get, it, you can get so sucked into the, the, the analyzation of all of the shit you've been through and that doesn't really serve you either. You know, so I think that's a really um, smart way to put that out into the world. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, philosophy has been a a study of mine for the last couple of years, and it's specifically existentialism. And existentialism talks a lot about the absurdity of life. And that really resonated with me because that laugh at the things that can be traumatic. And it also allows me to simplify the things that my brain wants to overcomplicate. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> For sure. So one, I got a 
story about um, sex and kundalini. So I, when I broke up with my uh, fiance, um, I was seeing this woman's kundalini coach and she was just like helping me through some of that. And she ordered me in, in a nice way, like coach to <laughs> She said one year, no sex, no tampons, no masturbation. And the reason why is they believe that um, in the Kundalini tradition, they believe that when a man is inside you, his energy stays inside you, inside of you for seven years. Oh. Yeah. And so she also gave me all these practices to cleanse my root. So I was doing like a lot of breath work and different energetic movement practices to cleanse that area. Mm you know, when some, when you are having sex with a man and you bring in some of that masculine energy mm -hmm. and how that can impact you mm -hmm. and your energy. One of the most beautiful things I ever heard uh, someone say, I overheard it at a party. They said, I'll never have sex with someone I wouldn't want to become. Oh, wow. In your research, do you find anything out about orgasms that, that was like stood out as shocking to you or... It wasn't necessarily like, what's the juiciest thing you found. Well, I, <laughs> I think I think one of the things that I that I came across uh, just through conversation and a lot a lot of the book again, it's like I'm taking a lot of really complicated material and I'm distilling it down into these like fun rhyming sentences. Um, but each one is backed by a conversation that I've had or a book that I've read. Uh, and Sexual Personae by Camille Paglia is actually another one that's had a profound impact just on my understanding of, uh, like, women about time. Something that I think has been a really important discussion was the discussion around the idea that the more sex you have, the looser you become. Mm, and yeah. that we're never, we're never taught that the vagina, well, first of all, the vagina is not the whole thing. And that was shocking to me how many women didn't actually know the difference between like their vagina and their vulva. Um, but the vagina is a muscle. And, and part of strengthening that muscle is actually when you have sex with someone, understanding like how to, and I, I don't like the word clench because that seems like that's a, a word that has to do with like trauma or keeping something out. Yeah. But this idea that you can strengthen your vaginal muscles and no amount of sex that you have is going to make you quote, looser mm. but by telling girls or telling women that the what more if sex he has that like they a have, really big dick it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with it doesn't have to do with size or frequency it, it's how you actually have an understanding of the way that your specific muscle works and like we all know that the more that you weight lift for instance the stronger you become yeah it's like the more that you are in tune with this muscle and the more that you actually use it as a muscle that should be used the stronger it gets mm. and the, and the like the the more contraction you have which contractions are orgasms right so yeah. like the more power you'll actually have behind this but i was talking earlier about this like this insidious nature of these very like oppressive ideas that have been uh bestowed upon women one of those is that if a woman is taught that the more people she has sex with the looser she gets therefore the less desirable she is the less sex she'll have and the less she'll learn to know herself and the more repressed that she'll feel oh, because yeah. she can't actually express her sexuality because it's this terrible loop of this idea that you become less of a woman the more people that you have sex with but it's like 
we need to learn how to strengthen our vaginal muscles, which lead to better orgasms, which lead to, again, this idea of orgasms are a source of power. Mm. So I think that I don't know where to, I don't know where to jump in, in the healing process of this, but I hope that with the book that I'm writing, it'll become a gateway for people to kind of explore Mm -hmm. deep, like not necessarily through the book, but because of the book, will seek out more information Mm -hmm. on themselves through things like Vagina by Naomi Wolf or Come As You Are uh, or She Comes First, which is another book I love, or Sexual Persona by Camille Paglia or any feminist writer who's talking about uh, the connection between creativity and sexuality. Mm Are you, do you, in the book, do you talk about male orgasm? Is it mostly focused towards female orgasm? It's focused on female orgasm, but I want men to feel empowered to get, to help get women to these places. So like the book is called, Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, Oh. And the premise is essentially like the places that your orgasms can take you. Yeah. And it's important for men to read the book, not just women, because I want men to feel a sense of, uh, pride in being able to get women there as mm-hmm. well you know yeah. so the whole idea of like when she floats back down to her body or comes out from within herself he's there uh to support her and that's that's exciting for a man as well like to please a woman i want that to be something that that men strive for mm-hmm. men are goal, goal oriented right it's like make her come dude just do it mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like be the guy that makes her come. It's fucking revolutionary. <laughs> well, we know what the episode name is now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. That's perfect. Then my mom hopefully won't even open this one. <laughs> it's one way or the other. Yeah. Telling me to be a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's talk. Um, let's talk about your like men who take baths. Yeah, so um, men who take baths, uh, like I kind of explained, uh, fifteen men are put into bubble baths and interviewed about modern masculinity and what that means for feminism and. Uh, you know, some of the questions touch on things like what does being a man mean to you? How do we raise boys into men who view women as equal? What are some of the barriers facing gender equality in 2019? Um, You know, how do you talk to other men in your life about women? And then one of my favorite questions to ask is honestly, why did you say yes to doing this? Because every single man has an Uh, has a personal journey or hurdles that they had to jump over or reasons for why they said yes to being interviewed naked in a bathtub by a complete stranger. And I asked the same sequence of questions because I found that you can get wildly different answers. And I think that's part of the point is to prove that, you know, you put a word like masculinity in front of someone, or you put a word like feminism in front of someone, and every single person has a different interpretation of this. So if we are trying to, if we're, if we're seeking to understand one another, we also have to understand that we come from our very unique subjective worlds. Mm -hmm. And if we want to heal the divide, we have to be open-minded and compassionate about the ways in which we communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. What were some of the hurdles that, for example, that they, that they told you they had to kind of overcome in order to do it? Most of it's fear-based. Most of it's, you know, 
wanting to participate in the dialogue of, of, of feminism or gender equality and not really being sure how or, or the fear of being reprimanded for saying the wrong thing. And I think there's all, always the danger of getting tripped up by semantics, uh, especially, you know, as the dialogue continues to expand and we're talking a lot about uh, trans rights and LGBTQ communities and people of color and we're, we're all we all want to have these conversations, but some people don't feel welcomed. And I think the word feminism can be kind of this, it's, it's, a, it's an incredibly subjective word. And so you bring up feminism to men and they're like, well, what does it mean? Um, how do I get involved? Should I get involved? Uh, if I do get involved, like where's, what, what's my place? Um, and so I think the conversation tends to veer towards their upbringing you know i when i did the first round i interviewed 15 men and some of them i knew and i went back and transcribed the interviews and realized that the the commonality uh which was completely unplanned was that all of them grew up without a father so having grown, grown up with a single strong mother completely changed the way that they viewed women in that there was there was no difference between a woman's right and a man's right. So the the conversation started right after Me Too in 2017. And I, you know, was looking around and, and a lot of the women in my life were asking where are the good men? And I knew a lot of them, but they didn't know how to participate. And so I wanted to create an environment where there was an opportunity for intimacy and um, vulnerability or integrity where the men felt like they were finally given an opportunity to tell us what we can do as women to make sure that they feel included. Because I think that community is such a strong female driven thing. It's natural for us. Mm -hmm. And I think if we lose that and we try to do as the men have done by like getting ahead or be, being better, we're going to lose out on what we truly are capable of, which is bringing us all together. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Bianca, any more questions? Sorry, I'm on a leg. Sorry if it sounded like we didn't respond. Um, yeah, I had one, but I just lost it. Sorry, give me one moment. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I just found, like I was literally like on the other end when you said that the, all of the men that had participated didn't grow up without fathers. This is so fucking interesting to me. Yeah. Like how, like across the board, that just so happened to be not just so happened but those are all the men that kind of came forward to do that so interesting wow yeah that was I really guess... the second the second round too um the one that we just shot in toronto and jaws here actually um who is the photographer for the project so maybe he can speak to this as well but uh you know as and i had explained to him what had happened on the first round where all of these men had grown up without fathers and then like systematically as the day went on at some point one of the men would mention that he grew up without a father or that his father wasn't in his life until he was much older and whatever it was these these women were raising these boys by themselves and that was shifting the way that they were approaching feminism and masculinity and challenging the beliefs of the of the time how really powerful information yeah and it's like how do we well what does that mean yeah. for the next generation yeah like what why is it that that's the case and how do we make it so boys don't have to 
grew up with an absentee father, but can grow up with a healthy household and then be healthy men who believe in gender equality. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but it's fascinating that that's even a thing. It is. This amazing <laughs> word. Such important word. Thank you. So where can we... And also, I just want to say, I know how hard all of that is yeah. um, in, in creating your own thing and making it come to life and just there's so much back work so I acknowledge you for doing that because it's important and these conversations need to be had and um yeah just kudos to you that's fucking amazing so where can we find you uh I would say instagram at girls who say fuck instagram at men who take baths my personal instagram is at nicole double l that's nicole with two l's the word double and l uh girls who say fuck.com and then men who take baths.com is going to be launching in a couple weeks as well Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, yeah. Problem. Thank you guys for listening. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you